Greetings, heroes, and thank you for answering the Summoner's Call. Presented by the Gamers Inn, this is a podcast for all fans of Fire Emblem Heroes and the Fire Emblem franchise. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Eddie. How's it going, Eddie? Not too bad. A um, little hectic. Yeah. But as far as I know, uh, viruses can't transmit through the internet, so I'm here. They cannot. Uh, and, you know, I think... I think a lot of people listening to content like ours, podcasts, and, um, well, podcasts, this is a podcast, uh, I think are, are, are hearing this message up top. Uh, first off, we didn't have a show last week. Uh, that was due to some some life stuff on my end, but we are here. And I know a lot of people are who, who listen to this show are all over the place in terms of, you know, countries, states, provinces, all kinds of, of locations. And we're all dealing with this COVID nineteen, um, you know, uh, virus that is that is that is going. I, I want to say going around, but is happening uh, all at once. Uh, and I just wanted to state that you know we're we are doing fine. We're gonna you know keep the show going because I know for a lot of people who rely on on podcasts, video games, you know that sort of thing, we want to provide not only a little bit of an escape. Uh, you know, so we can talk about Fire Emblem and our favorite games, but also provide you with some content to get through your quarantine or your self-isolation, depending on where you are. I think pretty much the common thread across the board is that people are being asked to self-isolate. Um, I know here in Canada, it's pretty much a countrywide thing to self-isolate. I know some states in America are um, doing the shelter in place, I believe is what they're is what they're calling it. I don't yeah, think we're that far Florida, ahead. But... Yeah, in Florida, um, we have a curfew. Okay. Like 11 p.m. to 5 a.m., at least in Orlando area where I am. But... Hmm. It's it's interesting. I, I think you look at the response, and it's it's varied across the board, but, but I think everyone's taking it uh, very seriously, and so are we. So, you know, while we while we can, we'll continue to, to provide this content, and I think what we were talking about it pre-show. I think what Summoner's Call will benefit from is that unless there is an impact on Fire Emblem Heroes in terms of content, we will probably be mostly focusing on the game. So outside of this quick conversation, if everything continues to go well in Fire Emblem Heroes, you won't you won't hear about the COVID nineteen virus here unless something happens to us or and the game. One, yep. One other slight change is I might actually start summoning less. Mm-hmm. Even on special banners, because, well, I am a very um, tourist tourism dependent job, so I am not working for the next couple of weeks. So, yeah, I don't know what money, if any, I'll be having coming in. So, um, yeah, and um, I think it's frustrating, but uh, there are some things that really made put it in perspective for me. So, it. it I can deal. Yeah, I think it's I think it's important that we also look at what we can and can't do, you know, during during these these times. And I think a lot of people are going to be spending less um, on on video games for the most part uh, as they try to you know sort out what's going on. And I think uh, go for some of that backlog. Yeah, yeah, go for the backlog. Uh, we're we're doing a game club. Uh, so if you own some of the Fire Emblem games that we were talking about, you can go back and play with us. Uh, there's there's probably lots that can be done, and this is this is a free to play game, which I have 
you know, pretty much played free to play outside of a couple of purchases here and there. So it is possible to to enjoy Fire Emblem Heroes without, you know, pumping money into it. So if you want to take a quick break from purchasing orbs and and, you know, come at it from my side of view, then that's that's a possibility. This that's been a po- that's been my my Fire Emblem Heroes for the last 3 years. So I think it's it's possible, although obviously over the last couple of weeks and we'll, and we'll get into the banners the last couple of weeks, I haven't been doing much summoning because I got burned on, not burned, but I've, uh, I got singed, we'll say from the, the special heroes double feature and just got nothing and racked up an 11% and missed out on, you know, I think it was the legendary banner at the time. So I'm kind of licking my wounds there, but I've got a good steady collection of orbs left and I'm probably going to hold on to those until something truly magnificent comes across uh and we'll get into you know more of that in a bit but um eddie anything else on the on the covid stuff before we jump into the banners um not a ton uh one thing that helped me if you're frustrated and annoyed at this whole situation is um uh john oliver put out a episode about coronavirus 2 on youtube and his explanation of why the social distancing needs to happen uh helped me accept and understand the situation so if you're kind of frustrated you might want to look that up but mm-hmm. no it's a yeah. great suggestion i watched that and uh yeah it's great i'm glad they put it out there for free i think it was the full episode uh that they put out and i, I think maybe john oliver puts i can't remember if he puts his he full puts, episode out. like he usually puts up the full main rant mm-hmm. of the episode the this one was a little longer, so it might have been the entire full episode. Uh, but he usually puts out the whole main story that he's covering on YouTube. So, Okay. Yeah, no, that's a great resource. Definitely check it out. And I think it's um, it's understandable to be frustrated and disappointed and sad and feel a lot of emotions. I think what's but what's really important at the end of the day is you educate yourself. You you look at the science and you just you you protect not only yourself but your loved ones by um, self isolating and and researching and just you know don't don't take unnecessary trips you know uh, essential travel only for essentials. Um, that's I think the way the world shifted now, I'm not sure you can take unnecessary trips as easily. True, that's yeah. When we talk about travel, I mean they've literally closed. Uh, close the border to non-essential travel so i meant more like within even with like i've seen people like you know um here just going for for drives really just to get out and that's fine too i think like that's that's also uh it's it's not as great i mean it's not sustainable in the, in the sense if this goes for for months i mean uh that's gonna cost you a lot of gas when really animal crossing could could solve all your issues really um but uh i think um We'll take it. We're taking it a day at a time. I hope everybody else is taking it a day at a time and just and just hang in there, stay safe, and let's talk about some Fire Emblem heroes, some Fire Emblem, shall we? Uh, yep. Yeah, let's do it. So, so mm, go ahead. Everyone's shocked to hear the weekly revival banners started another round. Um, yeah. From now on, we're not going to bother trying to remember exactly who's on each banner. We're just going to remind you what number banners running right now. So, oh, they didn't switch it up. They it just literally repeated it. It's the same set of same set of banners, is my understanding. Just repeated a third time. 
Okay. Uh, we might get a second type of second set of Re- Leafly Revival banners come uh, March, April, whenever they do the um, uh, demotion, mass demotion right. that they tend to do. But yeah, yeah no, that's we, a good point. We, we should be should be getting that that information soon. So yeah. maybe depending on how things are going, but. Uh, no, that's a good point. They did revive it. So we're right now, I think, on the weekly revival banner too. Um, Tempest Trials banner is going to the 30th of March. Edelgard and Dimitri's battle going to the 30th of March as well. Uh, Harmony Amid Chaos till the 31st of March. And finally, fam- Familial Festivities. Dang, I did the first word. So correct. Uh, familial Festivities until, uh, until April 18th. Uh, uh, there's I, also the Heroes with Aerobatics out there as well. Oh, I missed one. Okay, good to know. Yep, the usual special skill one that they rotate. We good stuff. into that. Right, good stuff. Um, that I think that one just came out yesterday or today. It was... Yeah, just launched yesterday. Should be running rest of the week, maybe a little longer. Good stuff. Uh, I alluded to the fact that I did not summon on the banner. Um, I will... I will, I, you know what, I'm going to come out right here and say this is like not blown away by the, the spring banner this time around. I don't know. Maybe, I don't know what it is. It's just that none of the characters jump out at me. I, I think fallen Bartra gives me a very, uh, uh, not fallen <laughs> spring bunny, uh, Bartra, Bartra gives me a very strong, um, Dorcas Halloween vibe in the yeah. sense that I was like, okay, I'm cool with this free hero. I'll take the beefcake. Let's do this. And um, I think I'm kind of cool with that, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. I don't know how you love your beefcake. Well, you know what? I just, uh, sometimes you just, you just need your beefcake. Um, but I am curious to hear how you did, because it looks like you jumped in. Uh, yeah, of course, like usual. Um, I'm not quite tight yet, so I did dive into the spring banner. Um, I do still insist on trying to get all the seasonal units. Uh, but I do swear, Brave Ephraim and Fallen Robin are hunting me, stalking me, because I got a pity break of both of them on one uh, ring early on. I think I did that on one of the previous banners I was re- rolling green on. Uh, I did manage to clean out the blues in one go li- shortly after that with an S and a four-star Narcian in one ring. Uh, before long, I did manage to get a Duo Idun uh, in Fey there. Uh, and in my hunt for fear or fur, I uh, ended up getting another double pity break on the greens. Uh, this one being a pair of beasts with Renolf and Caden. Uh, and I did end up getting uh, Mamori uh, before fur finally dropped. Uh, so overall, a nice haul. Uh, and including one new-to-me unit uh, with Mamori. Uh, but I did manage to get all the bunnies. Mm-hmm. And Mori is from the uh, Shin Megami Tensei, or no. Uh, Tokyo Mirage yeah. Session. Yes, thank Shin Megami you. Megami Tensei, however you want to label it, yeah. Okay, cool. And is that the small little one? That's the... That's Yeah, that's the uh, elementary school student with the full-grown man who's obsessed with her. Right. I mean, happens. And then a lot in Japan, apparently. Leads to arrests. Uh, but hey, this is a video game, I guess. Um, well, that's good to know that you, you got, you got all the bunnies. You're happy with that. You got your beefcake as well. Cause you went and did the Tempest trials. Yes. Uh, I 
think I've only gotten the four star beefcake so far, but I'll eventually get the five star. I got a bunch of characters to level up, so Yeah, man, I gotta say, like the the auto battle for having the Fey Pass just makes all of these grind fests so easy. Um yep. I just I mean yeah. I'll admit uh Tempest Trials itself wasn't too bad. No, I was always able to get that usually, one. Yeah, and you could set it and leave it for four or five minutes while it went through the multiple things, as long as you had all your quests for the day completed. You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, this one where it'll go through multiple cycles and collect the or at least confirm the quests along the way is nice. But, yeah. No, I... Speaking I, of Fae Pass, I did go ahead and pick up the... Uh, pick up a new round of Fae Pass so I can get Ike and the next two resplendent heroes, uh, Sophia and we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I uh, my Fae Pass runs out, I guess, in a couple days. And I, I'm, I don't, I didn't even, honestly, Ike um, with Cordelia and, and um, Lynn, I sort of merged them and got them up and running pretty quickly, but with my resplendent Ike, I've I've not even touched them. So I think I think I I I go back to my original assessment of the Fate Pass is like I won't be able to deny the fact that I will subscribe when characters come up that either look really cool to me that I need or want, uh, or there'll be a character that I really like that I I would like as well. So mm-hmm. Sophia while looking cool she she is it is a good new sort of alt for her is very purple as opera put it and i think she looks great but i'm not i'm not gonna sub for it um unfortunately it just is not enough but that being said like i it'll be interesting to see how the fate pass affects the way i play the game in the sense that i've never been able to finish forging bonds until i had the fate pass and just basically punched through it Whereas mm-hmm. you're right, Tempest Trials it was fairly easy for me to to punch through that one, um, because it you're right you could set your phone down for however long it took to run through the whole thing, um, so I I always usually finished it. Plus there was orb rewards, so I had to finish it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how it affects. I think it makes Tempest Trials too easy, and it makes um, forging bonds. Uh, completable for me anyways so i mean eh. what what defines too easy too easy in the sense that i think i'm like two-thirds of the way through it and i feel like i haven't really done anything you know um okay so i'm not complaining uh, i'm just saying it's like it's like it's it's i'm I'm just saying on a normal tempest trials how much do you feel you actually do by just going in and telling it to auto battle through with that team you're not wrong with that question in the sense that you're right. Uh, when I when I don't have the Fae Pass, it's more work and it takes longer. So should I really be complaining, I guess, that it's too easy, uh, quote unquote? It, it's more just, it's not necessarily, I mean, I guess it, you know, is a little easier in the fact that you only have to set it once every half an hour instead of every five minutes. Mm-hmm. But it's really not that different. It just goes through more rounds quicker with the Fae Pass, which is convenient and helpful. But, it, I mean, I haven't in a long while been trying to min-max things by physically playing it myself in a, 
for Tempest Trials in quite a while. So mm-hmm. I don't know if anyone actually does that. I never, I think at this point, I never go, even when I don't have the Fae Pass active, I never go higher than um, uh, 30 level, you know, uh, the level 30 maps. You know, I don't even go to the level 35 maps because it's like, yeah, I can just run this enough times and I'm fine. Yeah. You know? I think you even get, you can even get your levels up. No problem. Oh yeah. Um, that That's why I stop at 30. Cause I can usually get everyone to level 40, uh, usually without having to go through three or four teams. Mm-hmm. When I go up to higher, I usually have to go through a second or third team. So, hmm. so oh. just kind of point out, you know, I see, I understand why your mindset is thinking it's too easy. I'm just trying to point out that it's really not that different. <laughs> No, no, it's not. I think it's just uh, time invested, right? And I feel like maybe um, I'm not saying it's more fun putting more time into it. I'm just saying it's like it feels like from a time commitment, if I know like it's a slippery slope. It's like, oh, if I give them $12 a month, uh, then then the game becomes easier. Therefore, I can spend less time on it and get more enjoyment out of it and that feels wrong like i feel like i we i think both of us agreed going back to the fact that the auto start should have some functionality for non-paying uh non-paying uh people there should be a currency and and it should be available to all and the currency can be like the light's blessings it can be something that is you know hard to get at but it Mm -hmm. should still be there for everyone i i think it's a it's a core yeah. thing, right? When it comes yeah, to free to play. I mean, I think there should be some way of getting auto start if you don't have pay pass. Uh, but one, once again, it all comes down to mindset. Because my mindset for them is that, you know, it's a little more convenient to have the pay pass, but that doesn't really help me because I can still do this in my without the pay pass. Um, I may not have fully completed the last forging bonds, but that's because I forgot to go in. But I easily got all the stories, and um, I may have missed one of the EX accessories because I lost track of time and forgot to hop back in. But I usually am able to complete it without the Fey Pass. You know, mm-hmm. I didn't have it for this one, and the only reason I didn't complete it is because I didn't go back in for, you know, Tempest Trials. It is a little more convenient to be able to set up, you know, ten, nine runs at a time, but I also can do it doing one run at a time. You know, but, so it makes the Fae Pass seem less worth it for me. Because, yeah, it's convenient, but I can do it without it. So, you know, for me, the Fae Pass is all about the resplendent heroes because, as we've proven, especially with the spring here, you know, the seasonal heroes, I am very much a collector so i want to have all these special outfits even on characters that the outfit is like why did you even bother that's barely any different like Mm -hmm. ike or you know i think all the other three are amazing new outfits but Mm -hmm. Ike was just like meh yet i still got it you know yeah i think it was for me it was just i lucked out with the timing and got ike um yeah. It is what it is. Um let's uh let's move into upcoming events and talk about yes. some new heroes. Uh yes, we do have more rabbits coming as the Regal Rabbits banner from last year. Uh, I believe that's Veronica, Bruno, uh Katria and 
was that Kagero? Or was Kagero hairs at the fair? Uh, I forget who the. I don't. I think uh, she was hairs at the fair because Regal Rabbits was yeah. like Crom and Lucina and. No, Crom. That was the Spring Festival one. Crom, Lucina. Oh. Um, well, then I don't know. I don't remember what. Camilla and. Uh, but well, the Regal Rabbits return. The hairs at the fair uh, return on the twenty third. The hairs at the fair return on the twenty fifth. Uh, a new lost lore begins on the twenty sixth. Uh, the Heroes with Even Wave Skull Banners replaces the Aerobatics Banner on the 27th. Uh, the Voting Gauntlet Login Bonus uh, starts on the 28th uh, for the next Voting Gauntlet that is going to be starting on the 1st. So. But. Mm-hmm. Nice stuff. Uh, it's going to be a busy week, and we'll look forward to all those fun banners that are coming to us. But uh, you mentioned a bunch of rabbits. And these Waskly Rabbits, um, you summon them. So let's talk about the new special heroes with the familial festivities. Yes, I believe this is mostly uh, Binding Blade. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a couple thrown in. Like we have uh, our first hero, uh, Est, the youngest of the White Wing Trio of Pegasus Sister uh, from uh, Fire Emblem 1 through 3, uh, which would be uh, Shadow Dragon, uh, Mystery of the Emblem, and... Uh, Echoes or Shadow of uh, Guidance slash Shadow of Valentia finally gets her turn to celebrate the Spring Festival in Faye uh, with her older sisters having been showing up in the past two years. Her first alt here is a blue tome flyer wielding yet another egg as a tome. This one being the Eagle's Egg, which automatically gives her an attack plus three. Uh, Also gives her a plus five to the four main stats uh, and neutralizes her penalties during combat if she is within two spaces of an ally at the start of that combat. Cool. Uh, She has a new chill skill, this one being attack resistance, uh, which debuffs the foes with the highest attack plus resistance total uh, by negative five to the attack resistance, uh, negative five to their attack and resistance through their next action at the start of the turn. Uh, She also has the tier four fury skill, as well as the Moonbow and Home Flyers. I guess I have other thoughts on my mind with them being bunnies, because I almost said it was a tier four, four furry skill. <laughs> well, you never know. Uh, it, she, you know, I, I, I remember. So it's been interesting that they've, and we're going to talk about this a little later. So I don't want to get into it here, but it's really cool that they've completed the the three sisters, uh, the the yeah. three Pegasus sisters, and we now have Est. As the, that was one of the few predictions that were flying about when the uh, silhouettes appeared. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't think either of the silhouettes look, really looked like her, but I was predicting that we'd get an S because two years ago we got Pala, Eldest, Bun Bun, and last year I think it was the Spring White Wing, Katria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. No, it's I'm I'm glad she's joining the fray, and uh, I'm glad we've we've continued to get eggs as. Uh, mm-hmm as tomes so that's always that's always a fun touch yeah. uh that, that's a run through they've had since the first spring banner yeah no i really like it i i love the i love the random objects they use as sort of magic and i know we've had the conversation about like wow using any sort of object as long as it's attuned blah blah blah, blah. but uh no it's great it's really cool yeah i'm glad she had, and i'm glad they don't they, you know they get weirder with some of the other ones in this banner but then again 
as we've seen some from some of those um, staves and other weapons that don't look anything like the item that they're carrying, they've given up on actually worrying about whether the weapon looks like the weapon it is supposed to be. It's very true. Uh, I was just looking at the art. We have a fork in our future, so we'll talk about that it a little bit. Uh, but before we get there, let's look at Fur, student of spring. Not many tidbits to go on from Sharina this time around, but it seems the lack of sleeves and long pants are for speed, not style. That's Sharina's thoughts, not ours. Uh, daughter of uh, Bartre, Bunny Fur joins the battle as a flying axe unit wielding Bun Bun Baton, which accelerates special trigger. Cooldown count minus one. Effective against armored foes, neutralizes effects that guarantee foes follow-up attacks and effects that prevent units follow-up attacks during combat. No other new skills, but has harsh command plus as an assist, attack slash speed solo three in the A slot, and air orders three in the C slot. Um, I was going to say air orders three doesn't sound familiar to me, but I believe them. Okay. I don't know. Uh, and this is one of those weapons where she's literally uh, got a carrot sword. So, or is that a lance? No, no it's an axe. Oh, right. I just read the description, and then I looked at the art. And I, I read the description, and I remember saying axe. But then looking at the art, I went with sword, or yes, maybe a lance. Axe looks like a sword or a lance. That's not an axe. That's a, that's a, that's a, that's a piercing object. I don't disagree. That was one of my comments in Discord. Um, it looks like they might have swapped um, kits for, or at least weapon descriptions weapon locations for fur and narcian because uh the um fork that narcian is flying around with looks a lot like an axe and that uh looks more like a sword but could also look be a lance as well uh i mean <laughs> narcian a really short has, lance but narcian has a giant fork is it because he's got like a a carrot on it that it look that it, it could be possibly an axe like i don't know like yeah just... that's part of it i mean I suppose yeah. oh man his damage art narcian not to jump ahead here but his damage art is something he's got a face that guy he's got well, a face he's always had a face well just the way he, his facial expressions they have a lot of fun with that but his damage art ex- expression is uh is something to behold it that is anime through and through uh well well we're talking about him so why don't you give us the rundown and we can and you can look at his damage art because honestly it's worth it it's worth yeah. it uh, I did take the glance at him. Yeah, that is quite a pose in this zone. Um, as, full of, as full of himself as ever, Narcian returns with two heroes with his first banner-based unit as a blue flying lance unit. Uh, this is Narcian, the Fernal, Vernal General. Uh, he is the four-star focus unit of this banner. He comes as oblivious to everything as ever, wielding a fork that looks like an axe as a lance. Uh, the Golden Gilt Fork gains Four attack when upgraded to the plus five version at five stars. Uh, but both versions, um, the four star and five star version, uh, if he is within two spaces of an ally, he gets attack defense plus five and neutralization of penalties during combat. He does have a new skill with Lance experience in the tier three uh, version, which is locked to five stars, gives all Lance units double experience if the unit is still as long as the unit is still alive he also has vengeance and chill speed both of which can be maxed out at four stars 
Nice. So, yeah. And as you were saying, um, yeah, he's, he's a, he's a Lance unit. I mean, the fork works as a Lance, but I mean, yeah, the length of the fork, you could argue with the Lance, but most Lances don't have as wide of a tip at the end. Yeah. You know, that'd it's... be, you know, and I want to I want to state for our listeners, it is interesting that I mean maybe you listen to other Fire Emblem Hero podcasts and maybe they talk about the stats, but more we're, we're more worried about what the fork uh, is going on, literally. Mm-hmm. So uh, just keep that in mind for future episodes. Uh, but yeah, no, he he, lo- he lost his carrot too, and the carrot doesn't appear to be uh, perforated by the fork, which is weird because. And then wait a minute, if you look at his special attack, he's he suddenly got a bunch of. Uh, carrots on his fork what is this madness how does that happen well that happens a lot like where did all those eggs come from as well ah. he wasn't holding any eggs and suddenly he's got eggs flying around. eggs of flowers flying around him as well but if we've proven anything from this banner eggs are magical he just appears to be gardening with carrots like i i don't know i think we're reading into this a bit too much um very possibly very possibly we've never been known to do that never this is a first after 97 episodes we finally read into something too much um moving on before anyone says anything about that uh, adun and fey the dragon kin duo both powerful dragons and because of this they normally live in secrecy in the nevada desert that doesn't change the fact that today is the spring festival no one will complain if they cut loose just this once this duo hero is a red dragon armored unit wielding Zephyr Breath, which is effective against armored foes, grants resistance plus three. If a bonus granted by a skill like Rally or Hone is active on unit, or if unit is within two spaces of an ally, neutralizes unit's penalties and inflicts attack minus six on foe during combat, and foe cannot make a follow-up attack. If foe's range is equal to two, uh, calculates damage using the lower of foes defense resistance they have it uh so that's that's the weapon fun description there uh, they have a new skill in the a slot called sturdy stance three where a foe initiates combat grants attack slash defense plus six during combat and inflicts special cooldown charge minus foe on uh or my, cooldown charge minus one on foe per attack only the highest value is applied does not stack their duo skill grants defense slash resistance plus six and the following status to unit and allies within five rows and five columns centered on unit for one turn. That effect is neutralizes effective against dragons bonuses and effective against armored bonuses. Rounding out their kit is Iceberg as a special, Vengeful Fighter 3 in the B slot, and Goad Dragons in the C slot. Uh, a lot to unpack there, but to me from first glance that seems like a pretty pretty solid unit if you've um if you've got like a like maybe a dragon armored team seems pretty good with her duo skill but it seems to be very circumstantial depending on what team you're running i guess yeah also an armored team helps would benefit from that duo skill yeah uh since it neutralizes effective against armored bonuses as well so you know um so an armored dragon team, which I think is possible, would be very useful to have her with them. But and I think, if I'm not mistaken, that sturdy stance is a tier four skill, isn't it? Um, which sorry, which one was that? Sturdy stance three. I think that's a tier four skill, isn't it? I don't know. 
That's a good point. That's a good question. That's the new one? Yeah, their new skill in the A slot. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the three to me, uh, without looking it up, states it's not, but it could be an upgraded skill. Uh, yeah, it is three. The normal tier three version is Sturdy Stance 2. Starts uh. with Steady Stance, then goes to Sturdy Stance. So it's a new skill so, in the sense that it's a t- it's a it's an upgraded skill. Yeah, so tier three of sturdy stance. So she does have a or a tier four skill. It's a, so well, there you go. Yeah, that's what throws you off sometimes because a lot of these um dual duo stat uh, skills uh, have to have a single stat skill to start it off. So they max out at two instead of three. Mm-hmm for tier three so pretty sure for i was pretty sure 30 cents had been around for a while so for that to be a new skill i figured it had to be a tier four but i wanted to double check to make sure i wasn't wrong about that no that makes sense i appreciate that now it's a it's a good kit and i mean if you if you are able to get the duo hero that's usually a good sign that it's going to be a solid mm-hmm. a solid get right if you got a duo hero in there yep yeah. i mean it's hard to say because this one was weird in that it said they will not appear again um but I, <laughs> what they will not appear again literally if, if you look at the notes for the announcement of this banner notes on this summoning banner it says uh they are a duo hero and a special hero and will not appear after this thing ends yet we've had duo heroes appear in the special summon banners hmm. so interesting lots to keep see. an eye on that yeah a dune dragonkin duo is both a duo hero and a special hero and will no, will no longer be available to summon after this event ends yet we've had duo hector on the double special heroes banner i'm pretty sure so that could just be that it doesn't go into a normal summoning pool but special heroes don't come into normal summoning pools no you know maybe they're just they're covering their so. butts and that this is this is a hero that that is yeah no, be... they say it may or may not appear again in summoning events held in the future so mm-hmm. and it, it specifically states her on that one so right but yeah we found out with Ephraim that the duo heroes do not go into the normal summoning pool because he was a normal unit that only appeared on that banner and hasn't shown up since mm-hmm. for sure so uh let's cut some beefcake shall we yes uh, last but not least, we have Bartram, the Earsome Warrior. Uh, the far- father of Fur joins us from the Tempest Trial, swapping his usual axe for his daughter's preferred weapon of the sword. He is a red sword infantry rabbit. His carrot cudgel has the same attack defense booth in penalty neutralizing uh, of plus five. Uh, the attack defense booth in penalty neutralizing of plus five during combat. Uh, as Narcian, if he is within two spaces of an ally. Uh, so essentially, his weapon has the same thing that Narcian's does. Uh, also, like Narcian, it gains four attack when upgraded to the plus version at five stars. Uh, he also has, as a Tempest Trial unit, he does have no new skills, uh, but retains the smite that he had in his original form uh, at four stars. He also has a tier three odd attack wave that's uh, fully unlockable at four stars. Uh, and his uh, final skill is Obstruct, uh, with the Tier 3 version being locked uh, to 5 stars. Mm-hmm. So. 
yeah, it's good to uh, it's good to have another free uh, character come at us from the Tempest Trials and um, Bartra. So here, me and Bartra have a weird relationship in that uh, he he's the he was the axe user that always popped up, right? You'd be summoned on, on green, and that's all you'd get is Bartra's, and and that was the joke. It's like, oh my god, Bartra, and now. I think he's redeemed himself a little bit by uh, by sort of wearing that ridiculous <laughs> outfit, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's 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 good stuff. I'm glad he's I'm glad he's here. I'm glad they added him for free because uh, it's really good, and he looks amazing. Yeah. Not gonna lie. All right, um, Eddie, why don't you you got a wish list here? Let's go into the wish list. So, yeah, uh, with this uh, spring banner, we finished up the White Wing Trio of Bunnies. Uh, is there another group, uh, another trio you would like to see spread out over multiple years of spring banners? Or would you prefer a more single-game-focused method on future spring banners like they do for the Valentine's Banner, where all the characters are from a single, or in the case of the... Um, Finding slash Blazing Blade won a couple of games that are connected. I, th- I think it's 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 an interesting way to um, kind of spread out. Uh, like it's interesting. On one side, you're like, oh, it took us three years to get the three sisters, and I think the three sisters are so low key that you're not really that worried about waiting three years. And then honestly, when it happened, it was like, okay, that was kind of neat. Um, but I also yeah, but feel like also that downside of that method of if like s was your favorite of the white ring white rings you had to wait three years after power popped up and and that is true but i was gonna say basically like i I was gonna say the opposite and like i don't even know like the sisters are a good one to do it with because maybe they're kind of low-key and that maybe they aren't everyone's favorite characters and that if they were to do all three sisters at once it might be a little overkill considering there are other characters in in their games that people want to see yeah. first. So maybe this was the way of them getting the three sisters without having to completely overshadow a banner. Um, I think if it, like this is the cop-out answer, but I think if they find another fit like the, like the, these, the Pegasus sisters, by all means do it to kind of spread the, spread the, the heroes around. But we already know there are a couple others uh, like uh, Fiora, Florina, they have a third sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of Pegasus trios. Um, there's uh, Board Cord and Bars. I think they're supposed to be brothers. Mm-hmm. You know, so. Oh, what if they do? This is completely random. But what if they do like trio heroes? Well, Honestly, I you gotta got a lot of work with duo heroes to work through before they worry about trios. I know, but could, I guess <laughs> it's a place to go, man. They've got some trios on their hands. Mm-hmm. You could, you could have a, you could have a bars farce and flarst or whatever you said. That'd be good. Well, they, they were one of the weirder ones because they were board cord and barst. Board cord, cardboard, cardboard and and barst. Um, yeah, no, I I think for me, uh, I like the single game focus because it gives us you know a chunk of heroes from a specific game, but you know. Um, it's a weird it's a weird take right the white wing trio of bunnies and having them spread over three years it's an interesting option to 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 go that route i don't know if they'll do it again but there's options right they could they could do it if they wanted yeah. to 
I mean, whether or not we get another trio, because like I said, I think there are quite a few, uh, especially Pegasus trios throughout the series. Um, but um, if we get an, another trio, I'm less worried about it. But with something like the Valentine's banner or the Day of Devotion banner, it makes sense to focus on a single game. But something like this, I don't mind if they spread out the games a, a bit. You know, gets a lot more different game characters in. If you, you know, like this one was a couple, um, you know, I don't even remember if Narcene is Binding Blade or not, but Barter and Fear are from Binding Blade, but S is from a different game, and I guess Udun might be from Binding Blade as well. But, you know, the ability to give more games love than just the one, you know, is nice. Mm-hmm. That's a good, it's, it's an interesting, you know, prospect, and we'll see if they what they do in the future and we won't have to wait long. Cause I mean, we have bridal banner coming up, uh, which is crazy. And I think potentially even the picnic banner before that. Oh yeah. That one. <laughs> uh, we're not allowed to, we're not, we're not, <laughs> I going to make a joke and we, and we won't cause I promised I wouldn't. Um, let's move on. Let's head through the Outrealm gate because we got, we got another game to talk about and that's sacred stones. Our game club returns, you may be wondering, but Ryan, uh, sure, it's been two weeks, but it hasn't been two episodes, and yeah, you're right. However, we wanted to talk about game club because we're enjoying our time with Sacred Stones, and we're talking about chapter nine. Again, you might be like, well, Ryan, don't you usually do two two chapters? And I'm like, yes, we are doing two chapters. Chapter nine, the Ephraim and Erica chapters. So now that I've completely overexplained it, Eddie... Why don't you give us our story lead up to the split? Well, all I got to say to start, Tom Nook is still... A, oh, wait, sorry, wrong game. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> I might have been playing a different game a good bit lately. That too. Uh, but as far as Sacred Stones go, we start in the border town reminiscing about Leon before returning to Frelia, where Innis joins us in the castle, uh, where he's curt and does not hold any blows while talking to Ephraim. During a war, war cancel, Ephraim introduces us to Myrrh, whom he met in Grado after she got lost when her and Sulla, I believe it was, another maniquette, were investigating a surge of mysterious dark power in the Grado area. Uh, during this meeting, we receive word that the Frelian Tower holding their sacred stone has been taken by Grado, Grado and we cut to see the tower easily taken and the stone destroyed. Uh, from here, Innis heads to Jehana while Erica heads to Rostin uh, to warn them, them about their, the Grado coming to destroy their sacred stones. Uh, and Ephraim takes the fight straight to Grado to try and stop the war by capturing Grado Keep. Uh, you receive a chunk of funds and then cut to a scene where Erica and Ephraim are discussing their tasks. And that is the point where you choose which of them to follow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, not a not a huge lead up to the split. It kind of we knew it was coming, obviously, because we knew of the split. But um, it's an interesting tactic in the sense that you you come together and then you decide like, okay, we're gonna go in in different directions just because of the way the way the sacred stones work and the goal of of uh, of Grado to destroy these stones. Um, so yeah, I 
I don't have a lot to say about the lead up because it was it was there was a lot to unpack, but it mostly led to like I'm going south and you're going north essentially. Yep. Um, but uh, yeah, we we obviously decided live on the episode uh, our last episode who would be doing what, and as a reminder, so I got Ephraim and Eddie got Erica, and uh, yeah, are are you ready to jump into to Ephraim's chapter? Do you got anything to anything to add on the sort of transition to the to the split? Unless you want to discuss uh, who goes with who in the transition part here. Yeah, uh, well. Um, so. It's it's specific to the chapter, right? Because well, let's discuss that. Because um, when we were sort of chatting offline before we recorded uh, last episode, we were discussing who was going to get what. I, I was like, oh well, I spent a lot of time with you. Obviously, spent a lot of time with Erica's units. We had no idea who would be going where. But I quickly yeah. the story like Ephraim's chapter starts off pretty quick, and it's like Erica's going on a small boat, so everyone's going with Ephraim. So I got everybody, essentially. Well, I also got everyone. It was just a simple case of um, Kyle and Ford show up and talk to Erica and state that uh, Ephraim has Frelia's finest with him. Mm -hmm. Uh, So he commanded them to come with Erica instead of lazing about with him. So. Yeah, so. Even one of them comments that, like, going headfirst into against the entire Grado army is not lazing about, but this is what Ephraim wanted, so we're coming with you. And those were the only two that weren't already with Erica in the storyline. So. Yeah, those were Ephraim's knights. And uh, yeah. it, it's, you know, obviously us playing through both paths at the same time, we're, we're going we're gonna to pull back the curtains a little bit on this split, having played playing both at the same time. We can compare. But I don't know... And I don't get the sense that these paths are meant to be what actually happened. It's meant to be like, okay, this was your focus. And whatever happened in Erica's path, like a version of it happened when you're playing Ephraim's path. And I'm sure that'll all come to light as we continue to finish the game. Um, or I could be completely wrong. And when it comes back together, it's like, nah, that's all how it kind of went down outside of clones, I suppose. But um yeah i mean it's kind of a case of they wanted to give you two options and do it in a different way than they did in uh blazing blade and um you know because i think i haven't done it but i think hector's path is pretty much the same story as elowood's path in blazing blade Mm -hmm. uh lynn being the prologue is slightly different but um it's been a while since i played that so i don't know for sure um but I think that's how it works. Hector, you're replaying through the same story, just a slightly different view, focusing more on Hector than on Ellenwood. So um, this is just two different paths, and we'll be able to compare and contrast uh, how what happens in while we're playing one path uh, compares to how it happens in another path. For all I know, in Ephraim's path... Um, Erica successfully hops on a ship and gets to Rostin easily. Or yeah, maybe they're just unopposed. Erica's path is the same. Who knows? Well, because that's the argument is that Erica's mission is technically more important, and Ephraim's mission is literally to just try to like by brute force distract and and sort of take away. I suppose it 
kind of, and I don't disagree with them, it kind of makes all three of them important, but if any of them can fail with lesser consequences, only the fact that his bracelet would get captured would be Ephraim's route that could fail the easiest with minimal lesser issues, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. You know, like a foolhardy rush towards the enemy's home base is, well, just that, foolhardy. You know, um, and if you stop them from destroying the other two sacred stones, you have a better chance of potentially better chance of succeeding. You know, than if they just run off and destroy the sacred stones. Mm-hmm. But I yeah, say for sure, it's it's interesting. Well, let's jump into these chapters and discuss them. Uh, starting I want, with, I want to discuss one more thing quickly. Oh yeah, go we ahead. Hopped into the separate chapters. Yeah. Um. On the world map, did you get the Tower of Valny and random monsters appearing on it? I did. Uh, I did, okay. and I didn't uh, interact with them. I went straight to the chapter, but I am interested in trying the tower. Uh, I got a real vibe from uh, Shadows of Valencia, and I thought, like, oh wow, that's like the map for sure. But it maybe it felt more like maybe that map was just like, you know, window dressing. But then it was nice to see enemies pop up, and I'm like, okay, I wonder if this is, uh, I wonder if this pulled from Shadows of Valencia, like when it came out originally, uh, Gaiden, and yes, and um, yeah, I think it's really neat, and it's wild that it never came back to a certain degree until it Shadows did of in Awakening. Oh yeah, it did, didn't it? Yeah, that was my first thought when it when we were walking around a map and could actually go back and forth. It's like kind of like Awakening in Shadows of Valencia where you can move around the map, but nothing's appearing on here. So, but they wait till you do the split. So that's nice that they actually have that. And yeah, I also, because I waited so late to actually do this, I did not uh, mess with any of those. I definitely have some characters that could use some time getting leveled up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, so. that's, I, I haven't checked it out. I was trying to, trying to mash through to chapter nine, but I might check it out uh, for next week just to kind of get some thoughts on it. But uh, let's, let's start with, if I want to do anything with Amelia, I definitely got to go get, hit some of those. Yes. Extra maps. Yeah. Yeah. She is, uh, she is not strong, um, but probably worth it. She's the Donald of the game. I'm guessing. Maybe. Yeah. She might be the original Donald or there might've been one before her, but, their version of Adano back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, let's start this off. Uh, Ephraim's chapter nine. Erica insists on taking a small band of heroes with her since the ship will be small. Most of the group joins uh, with Ephraim for the full on assault, as we already discussed. Ephraim begins his march south toward Grado from Castle Freilia. Uh, upon conquering Renee, the Grado toward... Man, I just, I just jumped a line there. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I didn't. Upon conquering Rene, the Grado Empire has set its sights on Freilia. However, Innis and his troops meet the invaders at the water's edge. Against all odds, Innis halts the invasion, keeping Freilia's... Freilia? How do I say that? Freilia? 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 Freilia is easier, so Freilia's border intact. Ephraim coordinates Freilia's troops in an effort to advance the front lines, Unbeknownst to Ephraim, Grado forces are waiting for him at Fort Rigwald. 
They're fortified their they've fortified their positions and plan to wait out Frelia's siege. Oh my god, that's a lot of Frelia's. Um so Eddie, this chapter uh definitely showed uh, what this what this path is going to be like cuz it was um slow going, had to be calculated and was was a little tough in the sense that there were a lot of enemies and there was um the map was a castle. So as you enter the castle, there was this hallway where on either side were archers and uh, mages. So you had to work your way through this this one unit at a time hallway as you were being peppered by these characters, uh, or strategically. Or no, it was two. It was two units wide, and you could take your time and kind of move through and slowly pick away. So that's what I was doing. I was slowly moving through, but uh, I made a mistake in that my archer that I brought along, Namilia, I think her name is. Uh, she ran out of Nimi? sorry or Nimi, yeah. Uh, she ran out of the one you had recruited this one, I think, or at yeah, least I could. Yeah, I know. I forgot her name. Um, Nimi's probably because I didn't get a chance to use her because she ran out of uh, bows uh, early on in the map. So Oops. I she was I was just dragging her along for fun, um, and kind of cursing myself the whole way. But uh, Tana is you know through the story of the mode uh tana shows up she's imprisoned so she's on your side right from the get-go but she's locked in a prison so you can kind of move her around but you can't do much with her because she has no weapon uh okay but then also you do get the option amelia is introduced at the start of the chapter and she's she is a a, um, a soldier of grado but she's with some other folks that are kind of like what you know everyone's questioning um why even even Grado soldiers are are questioning why they're they're being so aggressive. There's a lot of talk of you know um, taking on Renee and then basically leaving you know Renee uh, conquering Renee and then leaving its citizens to to brigands and pirates that are showing up and pillaging. So there's a lot of that talk going on. Um, so Amelia uh, having Ephraim talk to Amelia pretty much is like it brings her to you to your side. And I and I quickly realized how tough it is for her to get some get some hits mm. in. So she's very weak. <laughs> Even yeah, though she's um, armored. No, she's not armored yet. Oh well. She'll get there. I don't know if she gets armored eventually, but she's just a basic recruit, so no armor. Hmm. She just kinda looks like she's wearing armor, but um anyways there's some chests to unlock, so I brought along uh, our good buddy Colm. Is it Colm? Am I forgetting yeah. that? Yeah, I yeah. brought him along. So he had some fun to deal with some chess. And yeah, I, I finished the chapter. It, it was it was difficult. There was a really close call where I had Joshua um, sort of running over towards a chess because he had a chess key. And uh, I didn't see a, uh, a reinforcement pop up out of nowhere. So I, I missed it. So he kind of, and it was a reinforcement. So it was essentially a clone of Joshua. He had a killing edge and he could easily take it out of Joshua. And I probably... Gosh, it would have sucked. I probably would have been really frustrated. I would have restarted, but I would not have been happy about it. So I did make it through in one go. It was tough. It was more of a it was more of a slow going calculating map as opposed to a fun um, sort of trounce through map. So it was mm-hmm. it was. I think it really set the tone for this path, and uh, I am probably going to have to do some some uh, training before I head into chapter 10 uh, yeah. next time we, we talk about summoners or uh, sacred yeah, stones. Well. 
So yeah, that's my thoughts on the first Ephraim chapter. Okay. Um, quick question. Uh, mm-hmm. The Ennis thing, was that something that happened after the, after the decision, or was that uh, the stuff that he was talking about in the thing before the decision? Um, it must did have happened Ennis, before. Some... Did it show on your map Ennis going out and fighting or stopping them or whatever, or did it say Ennis stopped them and you snuck behind, or I think was it... Ennis not in your map at all? or not seen at all that's a good question i don't really remember um i think i I pulled this from a um from a write-up and and essentially like i do remember hearing about innis and his troops splitting from our army and uh and and going you know a different route uh well we knew that that was the three options but um well innis wasn't an option but yeah no three options innis was going to go to Jahana. Because uh, mine opens, um, you know, after meeting with uh, Kyle and Ford and all, um, Erica heads to a port to try and take a boat to Roston, and it comments how uh, the port is in Carcino, and Ennis is going to go overland through Carcino to get to Jahana, and you show him, it shows him on the map walking south to head on his route. Uh, so, and then Tana catches up to you and joins you. I insist on going with her so instead of just sitting in the castle. Uh, at the port, you bump into Lara Shell and her servants again, where she finds the port is closed due to a ghost ship that is sinking every vessel that leaves. Uh, before being able to attempt to head on the overland route, you're ambushed by a bunch of mercenaries in need of money from a bounty on her he- on Erica's head. Uh, after you win the map, you find out that a lord from Carcino, I believe it is Lord Pablo from Carcino, is the one who hired the mercenaries. And then a uh, Pegasus that was with Ennis shows up to let you know that he's been ambushed. They've lost half their troops already, and they're under siege. And Erica decides to head to out to save him, while um, you know the Pegasus heads back to alert. Uh, Frelia of the situation. So, um, unlike yours, this is an outdoor map. It's a port town, a bunch of water, uh, two little peninsulas. You start on one, the boss starts on the one below you. Uh, You got an armory and a shop right there at the top left corner, uh, as well as random, a bunch of random, um, uh, whatchamacallums reinforcements that pop up for the first two or three turns uh there's two villages one in the middle on the mainland and one on the southern peninsula as well as two pirates in the water um i early on sent erica to draw one pirate to her and used um uh what was her name vanessa the uh pegasus i've had since the beginning to draw the other out while using the rest of the guys to slowly work their way along the um, kind of walled-up bridge in the north end. Um, I, unlike you, screwed up a couple times and had mm-hmm. to restart two or three times because I kept losing Nimi. Uh, I, although, unlike you, I actually paid attention to my uh, weapon stats and gave everyone who was running low a spare iron weapon. Yeah, that's... So made that mistake. Nimi had... I don't think she used up her initial bow, but she had a spare bow on her in case she had. Um, 
but she died a couple times. And then eventually I started abusing the Wii U uh, abilities uh, and the ability to create a restore point at any time. Okay. So at the start of each of my turns, I was able to create a restore point. Then if I screwed up and lost someone or miscalculated something, I could revert back to that restore point and try something different. Although it actually did end up with me screwing up at one point where I actually accidentally loaded the restore point when I meant to create a restore point. So, um, and I actually abused that to make sure I got Amelia because um, I was moving everyone south. I had everyone outside of Amelia's range and I wasn't sure Erica would be able to reach Amelia from outside of Amelia's range. And, um, put her right on the edge and Erica easily slaughtered her. So I able, was able to use a restore point and put her right outside and managed to get up to her and talk to her. In uh, that one, Amelia talks about how she joined um, Breda's army out of re, out of her uh, of respect for General Dussel, which is one of the older generals of Breda, who was well-respected and honorable and was told that Erica was a cruel, vicious creature, vicious person, but after meeting her, she couldn't fight her, so she joins you. Hmm. But yeah, she's pretty weak. She's level one, and the weapon she started with, she couldn't even uh, defeat a guy with only five health left. Yeah, so. I kind of looked at her and was like, okay, maybe I'll get some easy licks in here with her, and nope, couldn't. Oh yeah, she would hit. She had a slim lance. She would hit for four health, hit four health on the enemy, and get doubled to death. Yeah, so. yeah she's not. Uh, she's not. I, great. I got her one. I got her one kill by being able to give her a javelin and letting her poke. Uh, poke a, she actually could do six damage with the javelin, so she was able to kill a guy with five health there. But hmm. did that a little too late, so she only got the one in. So. Well, uh, it's, uh, it's interesting, these paths and, you know, I get a castle siege and you get uh, a ghost ship. So, yeah. And also the second thing that, um, other thing that popped up in this is in one of the villages, uh, you bump into one of Lara Shell's attendants mm. who's hiding out, sick and tired of dealing with her. And at the end of the map, he came up to me and gave me an angelic rope. I don't know if it's because I successfully saved both the villages or something else. I didn't look into that yet, but hmm. he, he's run away from Lara Shell. He was sick and tired of her and ran away from her. So, yeah. well, hopefully... Uh... Not Dozla, but the other attendant, the Linky one or whatever. But, yep. Yeah. So oh, I'm I'm excited. We've uh, we finally we've we've done the branching path, and we're we're on our separate separate paths. And uh, yeah, I mean the fact that Amelia is in both maps kind of shows that it is kind of different. Because in yours, Amelia's stationed to that castle, and mine, Amelia's sent off to Carcino. Yeah, so. and I think uh, you you actually pointed it out in that i'm probably gonna need to pay more attention to the finer details to kind of see where we differ because you know maybe maybe these are very two different stories and and maybe we're going to continue down the path of even though our our roots reunite are there story differences past 
the divergence and, and the reemergence of, of Ephraim yep. and Erica. So uh, I'll, I'll try to pay more attention to those finer details. I think you're right, like in terms of Innis being successful at the border and maybe that allowing the gameplay of Ephraim's path to continue into Grado's borders uh, where we where we go to for Rigwold. Mm-hmm. So um, I'll do I'll do better to, to pay more attention to those details because it very much like you said maybe maybe because a majority of the army goes with Erica Ephraim is unsuccessful and that's why Amelia is is further north now you know um, at this village right with a with a small well, contingent of, of greater soldiers i mean this is early enough that there's no logical reason for the separate placements yeah yeah if that makes sense because i mean it's not really enough time unless you're traveling twice as far as erica is with ephraim you're traveling twice as far as erica is for that to happen you know so it's hard to say that one of them could have failed already um but yeah it's just a subtle differences you know yeah. Well, I'm I'm I'll be looking forward to uh comparing the two as we go forward. And uh yeah, so uh Game Club for Sacred Stones, we're going to be doing chapter 10 next time. Uh we we had a I'll mention it here. We had a quick chat about maybe doing Game Club once a week since we are we're going to be um doing one chapter each. So I think that's pretty pretty plausible and and uh, for, for for the next for me, episode. For me, it's less the fact that we're doing one chapter each. It's more the fact that I'm at home. I'm spending time with my you know me and my sister are spending time working on uh, cleaning my apartment, but I'm still at home pretty much twenty four hours a day, mm-hmm. unless I go out to do some food shopping and stuff. True, we are so. we are self isolating, and and the thing is, uh, you know, for me, I've um, I've got my uh my wife's pregnant she's due at the end of march so in a week uh so there will be there could be a change to our schedule going forward just based on um how how that goes and how quickly i can get back into a normal routine uh yeah, with everything and, going so on so my work starts back up i'm open anytime pretty much yeah so we can we're definitely going to work on that and we'll have news as we have it but obviously uh you know follow us on follow me on twitter and we'll we'll announce it discord's a great spot for it uh so i I can go through those lists but before i do eddie do you have any other thoughts before we wrap this episode up not off the top of my head okay man well Uh, any any wild guesses on that uh colorless tome uh legendary or mythic that's coming up oh yeah colorless tome uh i i still i can't think of a specific character but i still i'm still going with my gut that i think it's a, a a light uh, user, you know, inspired by Sacred Stones and kind of be, you know, looking at it and be like, oh, our tour is a light user. So maybe we'll get a light user for our mythic. And uh, that's the only thing that pops into my head. But I think I said that last time too. So, well, this would be a mythic. So, there's got to be someone that fits that. The mold. last one was Krom, who was a legendary. Mm-hmm. So. What's the. Uh, what's. Uh, oh, Mila. Did we do Mila yet? No, we haven't done Milla. All right. Well, there uh, you go. But I would think she would end up being a dragon. True. You know? True. Yeah. Okay. Well, I don't know. <laughs> we'll figure it out. And we'll figure maybe, it out soon. Maybe it'll be um Lynn's ancestor. Oh, which the grandpa? What's his name? Not even grandpa. It's um in Shadow Dragon, Lynn was descended from one of the 
heroes, and I think that was a light mage that she was descended from. Oh. So. Maybe. That'd be neat. I, you know, I could dig on that. I mean, with Altino, we know that those types of characters can be the um, mythic heroes because Altina is a, not, a, not a god, but she's one of the ancient heroes of the gods in the storylines. So mm-hmm. I'd be down for that. And uh, we should be getting a trailer in the coming week. But um, yeah, yeah uh, uh, that sounds great. And I mean, if anyone, that... go ahead. I was just double-checking. Is that starting before we record next or shortly after? Uh, uh, I don't know. Shortly after. It should start the 29th or 30th. Okay. Maybe the 31st, but because it's not on the list of what's coming this week by the 29th. Mm-hmm. So. All right, cool. Well, uh, look forward to that and more stuff. And like I said, uh, if you want to chat about Fire Emblem Heroes and keep up to date on our recording schedule and when new episodes will be posted, you can go to uh, the Gamers in Discord. Check out our Fire Emblem channel at bit.ly slash TGI Discord. You can visit us on the web for all of our episodes, gamersinpodcast.com slash Faye. Email the show, Faye at gamersinpodcast.com. Although the Discord really is the best spot to engage with us. We're always in there um follow us on twitter you can find myself especially more so now (laughs) yes that's true it's our second and sometimes first home uh but also twitter you can find us on twitter you can find myself at r murphy eddie at draw fear and don't forget to follow at the gamers in for show updates that's going to do it for this episode of summoner's call have a great week and happy summoning Mm -hmm.